1: Haiku blogger Josh Hallett goes on the record online.
2: The other thing too is we sort of get wrapped up in this entire industry. Is you know we sort of jokingly refer to it as the shiny new object. It's like oh look at this new service came out. Let's let's look at it and you know maybe people in the valley are all sort of fawning over it you know, for a couple of weeks, but then you realize you you come out to Philadelphia or you go to Mobile, Alabama, or you go somewhere else in the country and speak with people that are, in a sense, on the ground doing traditional PR marketing. they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't really see a business case for it.
1: And thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Record Online. ...recorded at the PRSA International Conference 2007 in Philadelphia. This is the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. We do in-depth one-on-one interviews with journalists from the mainstream media as well as, from time to time, discussions with bloggers, podcasters, and newsmakers about how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt the mainstream media business as we know it. My name is Eric Schwartzman, Managing Director of Schwartzman & Associates, a boutique, Los Angeles-based PR firm specializing in entertainment, media, and technology. I am also the founder and chairman of iPressroom, which helps organizations including Target, Trend Micro, and UCLA extend the reach and effectiveness of their marketing and PR campaigns online using the latest new media tools and services integrated into one powerful dashboard. Today we have a one-on-one interview with Josh Howlett, uh, the prolific blogger at Haiku. Uh, who was recently hired by Voce Communications. He is also one of the official PRSA conference bloggers and has set up a Flickr feed and has been taking photos and feeding them onto the conference blog at prsaconf07.info. So uh, the entire interview with Josh lasts uh, around 20 minutes, and we are going to play it
0: for you unedited after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from iPressroom. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private pressrooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off.
1: Josh Hallett, thanks so much for joining us. It's no problem. So here we are at a conference. It's the PRSA International Conference, 2007 in Philly. Have you had your cheesesteak?
2: No, I'm a vegetarian. Oh, but I, um, I was here earlier this year for another conference, and they had a cheesesteak layout. But what was nice was I could just take the onions and the peppers and the, mm-hmm. and the uh, mushrooms, put it on a hoagie, and cover it with cheese Whiz. And that was actually pretty good. <laughs> so I just avoided the meat. Got So it, it was actually pretty good.
1: So now you and I are involved in this blogging initiative this year. It's really the first year PRSA is doing a serious blog initiative attached to the conference. Um, Tell us about some of the things that you're contributing to the blog. Uh,
2: My primary role has just been is going to be mostly photography and maybe a session write-up or two. Um, And some of the advanced work uh, from the standpoint of the movable-type platform and the actual blog itself. Uh, It's been interesting to see. I mean... You know, more and more organizations are actually embracing it and actually creating platforms for it to be done. Uh, other organizations condone it. I use the word condone in the sense that, oh, we know people are blogging. That's cool. You know, they can blog on their own sites and so forth. But they're they're not doing it in a sense from the standpoint of aggregating and amplifying the content that's being created from their conferences. And then other conferences sometimes have this approach of, no. You know, you you can't record the stuff. You can't take pictures. You can't. You know, we don't want people because if you know, shockingly, they think that if if if, if I can read all this on a blog, why would I want to pay and come next year? And what we've seen with a lot of different conferences is when there's blog coverage, people realize, wow, I'm missing so much that I really want to be there the next year. Because as you know, I mean, half the time, I mean you're having all these sort of different side interviews with people and you you have these different conversations and dinners and you get, you know, just as much or maybe more out of those things than you do sometimes the sessions themselves. And that's something you can never replicate in a blog. It's like you've got to come here and interact with these people. Uh, So it's been interesting to see the the change that organizations are going through. And obviously I think for a, a PR organization it makes sense that they would want people talking about, promoting, discussing their product, and I guess so much of the, the trend here is social media, so why not use the tools that we're, quote, educating our members about?
1: So, how did you get wrapped up in social media?
2: Um, <laughs> uh, I owned a web agency for a number of years, and primarily most of my clients were uh, public relations firms and advertising agencies. Uh, so, I was used to working with PR firms. Uh, when, I, when I left the partnership that I had about, I, don't know, I guess it's been four or five years ago now, I um, set out to do something independent and was providing mostly just strategic consulting to clients and mostly PR firms. And one of those situations where a PR firm said, hey, can you come do a session for us about kind of what's coming up next, what's going to be happening online? So it was like, you know, four 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 and a half years ago, I did the little traditional, okay, this is what blogs are, this is what forums are, this is kind of what's coming and so forth. And that turned into, hey, can you come consult with us on this? Can you come speak to a local PRSA chapter? Can you come speak to this? And it just steamrolls and steamrolls and steamrolls. So the point that, you know, almost two and a half, three years ago, it's almost 100% of what I do is purely just the consulting. It's like anything else. Once you get ingrained in something, you just keep learning more and more and more. And, you know, I always say that nobody's really an expert in this stuff. They're just ahead of everybody else in the learning curve. And that's what I've been fortunate is being able to spend a lot of time doing it. You sort of immerse yourself in this world.
1: So what's your background? Your background is, in fact, code coding and building web
2: pages? Design um, and web development. Was basically the background for many many years, uh, with a, with an emphasis of organizations that already had, you know, traditional PR marketing experience. I mean, the thing for us was, it you know, it pre-qualifies clients. You know, somebody says, "Oh, fifteen hundred dollars for a website? That's outrageous." Well, if you're dealing with a client that already has a PR firm and advertising agency, they know what things cost in the real world. So when you start proposing ideas you know, they'll typically take to them. But the other thing also is when you're building these web initiatives, you know that there is PR and marketing behind it to actually drive people to the website itself. Now, obviously, social media is turning that little model on its head a little bit. But yeah, it's mostly been just traditional web development. But the past four or five years, it's purely been sort of the social media aspect. So is it somewhat
1: unlikely that... The direction you ultimately wound up in is communications, because certainly, you know, there's uh, high demand right now for people who have web web skills and, uh, and design skills. You could have gone in a million different areas. Why yeah. communications?
2: Um, I think I've had this natural blend of just a little bit of the technical knowledge, the design knowledge, and sort of the comms knowledge, which... I think fortunately for me in this case this has been sort of a sought-after sort of crossover to have somebody that has all those skill sets. So the power is like when I'm, you know, we're in a meeting and somebody's talking to something technical, I can usually, I know whether it can be, can or can't be done. And when you start pulling, you know, you know, one of the biggest fears we always hear from sort of a PR or marketing person is when they have to start dealing with the IT department. Well, I have some of that background, so when IT starts asking the questions, I'm right there with the answers, as opposed to like, well, we have to get back to you. And so many times, you know, we always hear these situations where, you know, well, our corporate website is really run by the IT department. It's like, well, let's start making those changes. And, somebody's got to sort of speak the language to be able to make those changes happen.
1: So you are a hardcore early adopter of new technology. (laughs) How much time do you spend a week experimenting with new services, widgets, gizmos, online, Web 2.0 phenomena?
2: It's about a third of my time is just playing. But, you know, already we're seeing, you know, specialization occurring. Um, I mean, I do little or next to nothing with podcasting. And that was just something that I just, you know, that I played around with it at first, but it's just like one of those things like, okay, I'm really good at this. I understand the technology, but do I want to invest a lot of time really honing my skills when maybe I would hire somebody like you or somebody else to help do that who does it all the time? So I think you're already seeing that. You know, there's people who are you know, the podcasting specialists. There's people who are the blog specialists. There's the people who are the video specialists. And there's the, sort of the people that sort of move in between. And I think that's going to be natural. Already within the social media space, I see people that are specializing in nonprofits, Some are specializing in large organizations. So I think it's you know, like anything else, there's, there's an era of specialization coming.
1: When you're playing around with all these new tools, this, this, this third of your time that you spend playing around with new tools and services... Uh, do you ever feel as though you're wasting your time? Do you feel as though if you take the time to learn a new service that doesn't deliver for you that it was a waste of time?
2: Yeah, it's like anything else you do sort of from a business perspective that you're just, you know, some of it is just knowing the landscape in the sense that you know what tools are available. Uh, But, you know, sometimes like anything else, you know, if, you know, if you're comparing two products and services and a special that you have, you can usually pretty quickly tell what's going to be of value and what's not going to be of value. Um, hopefully. And so the thing is, like, you try to minimize the time you're spending on things that just aren't going anywhere. Um, the other thing, too, is we sort of get wrapped up in this entire industry is, you know, we sort of jokingly refer to it as the shiny new object. It's like, oh, look at this new service came out. Let's, let's look at it. And, you know, maybe people in the Valley are all sort of fawning over it, you know, for uh, a couple of weeks. But then you realize you you come out to Philadelphia or you go to Mobile, Alabama, or you go somewhere else in the country and speak with people that are, in a sense, on the ground doing traditional PR marketing. And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't really see a business case for it. In so many cases, it's one of those things where um, you, know, you have to look at, yes, it's cool and interesting to use for me, but then what is the business application? Uh, what is? And so many times, that's what's driving you know the corporate adoption is what is the business case. So I recently did a a third Thursday session in Palo Alto, and you know the questions were about adoption of different tools. And I'm I was saying, well, you know, I work on areas outside of of California most of the time, and you know the issue is corporations are just beginning to adopt blogs, and that was something. Oh, that's so passe. That's two three years ago. You know, some people would say it's like, well, that's you know, you know, some areas of the country move faster than others, and you know, as as. As is usually the case, corporate adoption of certain technologies is sometimes slow.
1: So uh, my uh, perception of, of you, uh, which is, um, you know, I, I don't have any real fact to base it on. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, 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 I perceive you as an, sort of an open source evangelist.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not going to be uh, put that hat on because I, there's a lot of people in that community that would say, well, he's not really part of that community. I mean, I use the tools. But I'm not, uh, I'm not really specifically active in the open source community. But from the standpoint of, I mean, I'm a big champion of WordPress. Um, I was a movable type user for many, many years, and they've gone open source. Um, but I, I will not claim to be an expert or you know, a champion in that field. There's a lot of people that do a lot better. The, you know, the situation, though, is you know, I'm sometimes forced to wear that hat because we're dealing with a corporation talking about using WordPress. And maybe they're a completely Microsoft shop. And they're like, well, that's open source. We don't want to use it. Sure. And what's nice to be able to, to go back to that community and say, well, here's, here's four or five different examples of large corporations using it. If their IT department doesn't really have a security issue, I wouldn't see why your IT department would. And sometimes when you can show them that there are other large organizations using the tools, hopefully that'll convince them. Sometimes it, it doesn't always work, though.
1: You know, we all talk, we get excited talking about uh, the impact of social media and, and, and potential impact of new media, but we don't talk that much about infrastructure because it's really just not that flashy or exciting of a subject. But uh, if you were to look at, say, three categories, and, and the categories were hosted blogs like uh, like Blogger, like MSN, uh, I believe uh, the Six Apart uh, product is TypePad. Um, if you were to look at uh, hosting your own. Uh, blog platform or or content management platform like WordPress or I don't know what some of the I think ex, is Expression Engine open source as well so there's a couple I'm not there not
2: sure if what their status is but and then the third
1: category being software as a service which is of course where my bias is because that's what iPressroom is yeah. but there are others there's Vignette there's Documentum you know there's some major enterprise class uh, content management platforms out there. And obviously, each of those three are going to be good for specific applications. How would you sort of help a client navigate that minefield and make the right uh, technology purchasing decision or technology uh, acquisition decision because it's free if it's, if, it's, if it's WordPress?
2: I mean, ultimately, it's knowing the space and knowing what the restrictions are. I mean, so many times, um, you know, the reason we're using TypePad or a hosted service, in a sense, is because we've got internal firewall issues. Uh, or we're not authorized to install software. You know, there's usually some technical requirement that forces us to use an outside service like that. Um, other situations, I mean, my preferred solution would be to do something that's installed via movable type or WordPress or something like that, but you realize sometimes that that's not always going to be the case. Where software as a service, once again, you kind of look at, okay, who's ultimately responsible for managing this? Does IT have the infrastructure? Is it worth paying somebody else to, to sort of manage the infrastructure? And those are all the different cases, and my you know one of my favorite things to say is like when you're dealing with somebody maybe like on the IT side of things or in sort of a you know, in a consulting role and they say um, well we don't want to use that and my usual response is like well is that based upon the knowledge of all the different tools that are available out there and you've decided that's why you don't want to use that one or is it because you know you know nothing you know it, it's your ignorance of 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 the situation and most of the time they just don't know anything about the products so that's why they're saying well we're not going to use that at all And when you can show them examples of other clients that have used some of the stuff, it's like, oh, you sort of sometimes see those lights going off in their heads. Um, The other thing, too, is cost. I mean, obviously, a lot of the open source tools are free. um, And then the paid services are very, very inexpensive. But what still shocks me, though, is the number of corporations and, and organizations I deal with that they're using something like Blogger, which is a completely free service. And, you know, they don't own their domain name and it's just you know if they would have just spent a couple of dollars per month to get a hosted service registered their own domain name or do a redirect they would have control of their domain they would have control of their content and be able to move forward but so many times like well it's quick and easy we're going to use blogger and we'll set something up and then within a couple of weeks they realize they don't want to use it anymore and they're sort of stuck sometimes so the
1: um, the business news landscape is littered with billion-dollar horror stories of failed technology implementations at companies like GM and McDonald's, where they've spent billions of dollars to try to make something happen, and it didn't work. Um, given that we now, as communicators and PR people, are being asked to step up to the plate and communicate online, um, what are the risks surrounding choosing the right technology, and, and how can we... Limit our own liability um, as we make these recommendations.
2: Well, I mean, it's one of those. You, you, so, sort of on a case by case basis. When it comes down to, I mean, what's the purpose of the project? You know, if it's just going to be a press room, um, you know, there's the thing is like a lot of times there's software out there like you, you mentioned some of the larger you know CMS platforms that are just you know they're they're overkill for some of the jobs so many times. But it's one of those unfortunate things like well, since we already have it implemented here, we're going to use it over here, and you're trying to you know put the square peg in the round hole. Um, whereas if you just go to one of the specialists that's out there and says, okay, this is what we do for a living. This is all we do is build the software. You know, once you've made that cut, then you start looking at, at costs and so forth and management. Um, I would almost have to beg off on the question a little bit in the sense that you know, majority of times, you know, my, the projects I'm working on are a little bit more focused in the sense that it's, it's going to be a specific communications initiative. It's something that's going to be internal for a small group of people. So that, you know, this the tools like a WordPress, a mobile type, a type ad or something like that are going to be the you know, a quick one-off little solution to do what we want to do. But the biggest thing we always realize is ultimately, you know, the the tool set has got to be something that people wanna use and it's easy for them to use. And that's what we've seen with blogs is, you know, they've may maybe been used to using these large content management systems and that's you know, from their own experience, adding new content is just a bear. When you show them, oh, you just click this box and you type in your title and you type in your body and you hit submit and it's out there. They're like, wow! And then once they see, how easy, they'll actually use the tool. And that's the thing is like, you know, ultimately, I think you know, with most software, if people would just learn how to use it and use it correctly. It would be, it would be successful. But so many times, they just don't want to spend the time. But so if you can make the tool set as easy to use as possible, I think it's going to make a big difference. Um, I I interviewed
1: uh, Dave Friedman, the president of Razorfish. Uh, he's president, actually, of Razorfish in Chicago. And, um, you know, he said, <clears throat> you know, so often he's dealing with clients and, and they have this attitude that, wow, we, we finally got the website up. Thank God we don't have to worry about that for three more years. Um, you know, to what extent uh, is the awareness at the client level changing from getting up a website that's going to represent you for a period of time to getting up a website that's going to be a a live communications vehicle for, um, on a day-to-day communicating what's going on well, in an organization. I mean, so much
2: we're seeing right now is this, this emphasis on sort of community and engagement. And uh, a colleague, uh, Jake McKee, is a friend of mine, uh, runs a consultancy, used to work for Lego. And Jake's famous statement is this community engagement stuff is not a light switch. You don't just turn it on and off. It's a dimmer that you sort of ramp it up and ramp it down. But ultimately, there's always some type of communicativity and, and, and communication going on. From the standpoint of management and, you know, setting expe- client expectations, a lot of times we say, you know, the client says, oh, we want to launch this initiative. It's going, to be, it's going to be a blog. It's going to be a forum, whatever it's going to be. We'll say, great, okay, what we're going to do for the first couple of months is not do anything but make you read the different sites the different communications going on out there so you get a sort of a sense of the landscape next thing we're going to do is maybe we'll develop the tool set in the background but for the next couple of weeks you're going to be posting in a private environment so before there's anybody reading the stuff you know show commitment that you can actually produce original engaging compelling content on a consistent basis for a while because so many times it's like oh we have all these great ideas they launch the blog they get those few ideas out there and then pretty much they're sort of they start scrapping they haven't really thought long term and they realize that, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the comment I always use is, you know, if you're know if, if you having a conversation with somebody and all they do is talk about themselves, you don't want to talk to them very long. And so many times, you know, from an ill-planned blog strategy, it's like they think, well, we'll just talk about the stuff we're doing. And then they realize that they don't really have a lot to say about what they're doing and that maybe what they're doing isn't that interesting from a customer perspective. So, finding out what the consumers or what the customers are saying, and basically being able to engage them, I and mean, so many times successful blogs it's it's a mixture of half their own original thought, and the other half of the stuff is stuff that's coming from the community and from the customers, what people actually want um, I think that was my answer <laughs> so
1: um, one of the things that uh, characterized you in the social media space was your perspective as an outsider <laughs> you know you you didn't work in PR yeah. Uh, but you do now. Yep. You've taken a position for Voce Communications, uh, which is the Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley-based shop, mm-hmm. uh, where Mike Manuel of um, a Gorilla, Media Gorilla, Media yeah. Gorilla and uh, Matthew Podboy yep. um, ha- blog from, and uh, who I met both actually for the first time at the Newcom Forum at uh, in Sonoma were you there the first year
2: wasn't there was there last the past two years and we're actually going back to Sonoma this year
1: was there that was my first year there my first really introduction to social media and that was the conference where Andy Lark blew my mind and changed my life with his keynote literally it was such a great keynote but now you're no longer an outsider looking in how are you going to maintain your vision how are you going (laughs) to make sure that you can recognize the forest through the trees
2: Um, well, I guess maybe I have a grace period where I can say I used to not work in PR and maybe I can play that for like three months to six months. Um, but I think just by staying focused on just doing the research and doing the work that I've been doing, which has mostly been sort of, you know, design tool based sort of consulting, um, the other thing is i'm you know i work remotely so, so you know i'm somewhat you know you know in a different location than than the rest of the team so that offers some challenges and some um some some rewards as well uh but i don't know i, I really don't know we're gonna have to sort of see how that plays out um i don't i will i find myself probably saying that less but ultimately it's just like anything else it's like people can say what they want to say about themselves but ultimately when you start working with them you realize whether or not they really stand up to kind of what they you know, their perception of, of themselves is both internally and externally. So,
1: Well, we hope you can maintain your perspective <laughs> embedded. The Switzerland of VR. At VoteJ Communications.
0: <laughs> Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, sir.